Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. AC is a 70-year-old female who comes in to follow up on the labs you recently ordered. Her electrolytes and kidney function are good, and her BP is well-controlled on hydrochlorothiazide. She asks why you didn't order cholesterol testing. She likes to brag to her friends how good her cholesterol is, even though she doesn't take medication. Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, here today with me to discuss the use of statins for the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease in senior citizens is Robert Baldor, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health and chair of the Bay State University of Massachusetts Medical School. Thanks for coming, Bob. Thanks, Frank. It's good to be here, and I'm uh, thrilled that we can uh, review this topic. I, I have to say, uh, my, my mother is in her 80s and uh, was recently asking about that she would need to take all these medications and, uh, as we go along. And so thinking about statins, um, you know, certainly we thought about this. We put statins in the water. They're so good. Everybody should take them. And I realize now that there's been a change in perspective on that. So, so what are the current guidelines now just on screening uh, for, uh, for older folks for, uh, to prevent cardiovascular disease? Well, in, at the end of 2018, the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association issued its updated guidelines, and they've updated these guidelines quite a bit in the last 10 years, and they're new guidelines for the primary prevention, so people without known heart disease, they recommend obtaining a lipid panel in adults age 40 to 75, not 30, not 25, not age 8, as some groups recommend, but at age, starting at age 40 and ending at 75. And they recommend using a non-fasting lipid panel. Uh, and they, they made these two recommendations because there is not great data that shows obtaining lipid panels and starting patients on medication outside that age range is of any benefit. Um, and they have a couple other recommendations. If the LDL is over 190, that's an indication to start a statin. If they have diabetes, that's an indication to start a statin. And they, they um, continued using the risk calculator that's quite controversial, but they said if your risk, your 10-year risk was over uh, 7.5 or greater, a statin could be indicated. And if you were unsure, they recommended obtaining a coronary calcium score. Um, I'm not sure I agree about the coronary calcium score as the risk stratifying uh, decision maker. I think this is a patient-centered discussion you need to have. But overall, their current guidelines are for the primary prevention of heart disease test between 40 and 75. Still, they support if you have known heart disease or other vascular disease, using a statin with, with an LDL goal of 70 is recommended. Um, and while you can all, we can discuss whether that 70 is an appropriate endpoint, um, I think we all tend to agree that if someone has truly true vascular disease, a statin makes good sense. 
Yeah, this is a, really a, an amazing topic, and trying to get patients less than 70 is not an easy task either. But for the purposes of our discussion right now, I'm curious, we're, we're talking about that, the elderly population, right, over the age of 75. And so, so why are they, why still, they're actually saying don't screen over the age of 75 and to stop your screening at that point. Why, why are they saying that? Well, there's, there's never been data that shows it's beneficial. And a, a recent very large meta-analysis came out looking at 28 randomized controlled trials to try to help figure out um, what's appropriate statin use in older patients. And, and they defined older patients, um, they looked at younger than 55, 50 to 60, 60 to 65, 66 to 70, and then 71, 75, and finally older than 75. And they, they found some very interesting conclusions. Um, they found that after 75, in a patient without known vascular disease, without heart failure, or without renal disease, there may be a slight benefit to initiating statins um, on a combined composite endpoint of major coronary events, coronary revascularization, and stroke with, with a fairly high number needed to treat. But when they decided to look at individual outcomes, they found for patients, again, without known vascular disease, statins did not decrease the risk of coronary revascularization. They did not um, decrease the risk of stroke. And they may have had some influence on some cardiac events, although that was unclear. Um, and again, uh, looking specifically at vascular-related deaths, the use of statins in patients without known vascular disease, they found no benefit. So this is sort of, this is a very, a reassuring study in that it says for people younger than 75, use of these uh, medications in the realm where you meet the criteria is of value. But after 75, in patients who don't have true vascular disease, whether it's cardiac disease or peripheral vascular disease, the benefits, if they're there, are very hard to see. And certainly, they're not going to make you live longer, and they're probably not going to prevent a stroke or a cardiac event. So I think that that's really good to hear. The flip side of that, though, is lots of folks over 75 do have vascular disease as part of that. And so a little bit of this is how well documented is that, how significant is, is, is an issue. But what are some of the, the, the dangers of, of being on these medications? I mean, I always thought statins were relatively benign, so why not? Well, and statins are very safe. We have a great data set that shows that they're... they're severe dangers there. Kidney failure and rhabdomyolysis risks are, and hepatitis risks are extremely small uh, in the number needed to harm in the millions. But patients don't always feel good taking them. Uh, patients have to pay for them. They require um, extra testing. It, it meets the qualification of, of the overdiagnosis where we're, we're making a diagnosis that has no impact on, on life expectancy. Um, then it, it, what the other thing it does is it continues to uh, lead to the patient assumption and even healthcare provider assumption that taking this pill is going to cause a benefit. Um, we look at your mom who, you know, taking this pill, stopping it is probably a much safer thing for her health and her finances and her mental well-being than continuing to take it. And, and we know, even though the data is unclear, lots of folks who take these meds feel myalgias, feel muscle aches. And whether that's true or subjective or not, it's not clear to me. But certainly when you stop patients on their statins, 
um, the vast majority of people thank you for it. So I think there's a variety of dangers. They're, they're not dangerous drugs, but the use of them leads to misperceptions and some adverse patient symptoms. Well, it is true. Where we, we, we take a, I always talk to patients about this dreaded disease of hypercholesterolemia, and yeah. it's like, it's not really a disease, right? Well, it's, it's a risk factor. Yeah. It's a risk factor, it's a lab finding. So, so it does make sense then for us to be thinking about patients that are over 75 who really haven't had cardiovascular um, issues to stop those medications as well. Well, that's great because I told her I thought that she could probably not get it renewed next time, and uh, she was thrilled to hear me say that. <laughs> well, the, the real question becomes, what do you do with the patient who's been on a statin, and now they're 75, or they're 80, or they're 83? And um, I tried to dive into the literature to see what's available, and it turns out very little. We know if you have a terminal illness, stopping a statin does not make you die sooner. And that's, that's pretty well documented. Well, that's good, um, but I don't know that that's the majority of our patients, because lots of our patients are living well beyond 75. And the best I could find was a, uh, um, a uh, systematic review from 2015. So the data in it is, is quite old. It's from 2014 and before. And it shows that the risks of stopping a statin are extremely low. It, again, increased the risk of a composite outcome of major cardiovascular events. So stopping it may alter this composite outcome. But it didn't have any impact on MI or death. And all cause mortality. It had no impact at all. So um, I feel pretty comfortable having a patient-centered discussion in my patients who've been on a statin for the last 15 or 20 years about the pros and cons. And, and very often they come to me and say, hey, look, can I get off some of this stuff? I'll always go with the statin first and, and discuss it with them. I certainly stopped everybody on aspirin uh, a few months ago. I feel very comfortable saying, look, if we stop this, the chances of it hurting you is extremely small. Um, and it'll save you some money. It saves us some extra lab testing. And there's actually reasonable data to say that it's a safe thing to do. That's great. That is really, and I think we, we, we do tend to just prescribe and prescribe and prescribe. And at what point do you unprescribe? That's great advice. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Bob. Practice pointer. Use of statins over the age of 75 for the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease is controversial at best and likely to be of little or no benefit. Join us next time when we talk about the most effective way to prevent dementia in senior citizens. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com podcast and see you next week.